0: been one acquainted with the night. I have walked out in rain and back in rain. I have outwalked the furthest city light. I have looked down the saddest city lane. I have passed by the watchman on his beat and dropped my eyes unwilling to explain. Quainted with the night by Robert Frost. And as we pick back up, you came out here in the wilderness, far from the watchmen, uh, those who may be able to protect him. He has found his way through the uh, Kansas wildlands, looking for a potential site of um, whatever scope Julian had sent for him. He was looking for signs of the coalition states and incursions into the Kansas territories. And now... After fleeing from a wild vampire incursion, uh, he has made his way to a spot to rest. He has covered his car with a tarp to try to prevent observation. But even with only the four hours of sleep that he actually needs per night, Yakin finds himself waking up. The sounds, the heavy thuds, the movement in front of his vehicle... As he sees giant clicking beetles. Each one of them about the size of his car. And as he moves to kind of sit up in his seat. Adjusting the driver's seat just a little bit. Hand reaching over to make sure he can grab onto his trusty rifle. He sees the movement. As several of these riders come up. He sees of course that they're not alone. On the backs of most of these creatures here, with their long, dark hair, they're almost lupine, uh, maybe almost too sharp, looking like each one of their faces had been carved from a piece of granite and chipped away with flint. Uh, The long beards and trophies and trinkets. He sees some of the Simvan, known as the Simvan Monster Riders, Uh, a race entirely dedicated, it seems, to preserving the natural order of uh, taking their nomadic lifestyle and finding new ways to conquer beasts, uh, to bring them into their fold and treat them as darling children, but also a cannibalistic race, and so therefore shunned by the rest of the civilizations now on Earth. The Sinvan have make their way, and as ten of them begin to approach, his car visible at this angle as some of the beetles begin to click their mandibles, and one of the Sinvan turns, points directly at him. So, just to do some proper upkeep here, uh, Yakim gained another advance after the last session. Uh, And with that, I put a point into driving, because good lord, does he need it? And then also one into repair, uh, which brings his driving to a d6, and his repair to a d4, which... May be very usable if he's out here on his own without a lot of backup or support. Um, but also at the end of the session, it wasn't just this random encounter that I drew for, but he also picked up uh, from the treasures and uh, what's it called? Well, oh, effectively, he's picked up an ally. And that ally, I'm assuming, is going to come into play pretty quickly. So we'll see about that, Boris. But as Jakeem moves to uh see if he's actually been spotted here. He uh, reaches out to slightly in the motion. Uh of course, now the kind where take these creatures, the Simvans are already on edge having spotted this, uh, and I'm going to roll, of course, a first fate question for the night. Uh are these Simvan actually willing to parlay or talk to him? And if they are We'll see if he even has the ability to speak his language, as He has three languages that have not been claimed on his character, sheet. But first question first, are the Simvan actually willing to talk to him? When we find... Where do I put... Ain't hey, already discombobulated? Uh, let's see. We've left our chaos factor at... A seven. Uh, And this far deep into the Kansas wildland, there's a chance. I'm going to say unlikely, um, but there is a chance that the Sinban would be willing to barter or trade versus just attacking them outright. Of course, if he either can't talk to them or if he has nothing to trade, maybe a moot point, but we'll see. So, with an unlikely roll, this is a 65 or lower. 65 or lower, and they're willing to talk to him. That's a 96. Uh, not only is it unlikely, it's marked as very unlikely. Uh, so, looks like we're going right into initiative order. As the Simpan here begin barking orders, uh, unbeknownst to Yakim. actually, let's see. I'm going to say it's also very unlikely that Yukim, one of his languages, is Simban native, but we'll find out. 75? Nope. He does not speak Simban. So, as he... Uh, yeah. As he kind of sits up, um, watching for any sign that they may be aggressive, immediately one of them brandishes a long dark spear... And with a guttural roar, uh, he seems to kick the creature forward. So, we are going to start dealing some initiative. Poor Yakeem can't even get a good night's rest. Man can't sleep in his car in the middle of a field in Kansas. Where can he sleep? So. I'll so roll. I'm going to roll a d4. And I'm going to say that, that... If our mysterious ally is going to jump into the fray... It's going to be on this round. Okay. So... Let's deal king. That is a nine of diamonds for him. And the Simvan get the queen group of them uh, already mounted up. Uh, the first two come charging forward. The mandibles on there. Uh, oversized riding beat. Clicking forward. And we're going to see here. They are, according to this, they either use the Fury Beetles or the Rhino Buffalo. So a Fury Beetle the beetle was uh, between around 20 or 10 feet tall and 20 feet long. Uh, it comes skittering forward. Does it have any special abilities if it runs? No. But they are mega damage creatures and they have a D8 in fighting. So the two of them I'm going to treat as one group, which means I'm going to throw in a wild diet. Uh, that's a two and a three sound. Uh, they come up. Their heavy pinchers clack forward. And suddenly they clung on to the outside of the car. Uh, it shakes and begins to rock. Uh, Yakeem puts his hands out to try to, like, brace himself a little bit. And, whoa, whoa Fuck! fuck. Uh, uh, he uh, watches some of the other ones stand back. And all of them mounted up on their uh, heavy creatures, including... One leader up front who is on what is, almost looks like a, a baby T-Rex, but with longer arms, uh, heavy talons at the ends, but that extended bone-crushing jaw that uh, so characteristically defines the largest dinosaur that we're aware of, or not the largest, just one of the largest predators. Hakeem is going to, let's see, uh, last question. Is Hakeem going to jump out of the car or is he going to try to fight them while in the car? He sees the size of those pinchers. Um, yeah, I'm going to roll. I'm going to say it's likely he stays in the car for now. Uh, 99, he jumps out, uh, recognizing, of course, that his car here may be the only way he gets out of town. Uh, picking up his rifle, he uh, opens the door, jumps out. Uh, he's going to take two shots. He's going to make cold shots against the riders. Um And so, this is going to be a multi action penalty. And based on the fact that it's a cold shot, when you're human sized riders, I don't think that there's any special rules about this. I'm going to verify. But basic rules mounted combat. um, Mounts aren't dealt action cards, they act with the rider. No, there's nothing that says that a, yeah, I can't see anything that says that there are any rules about firing at the writer himself, so, here's your box, nope. So, he, uh, Keane jumps out of his car, spins quickly, uh, these things are maybe 10 feet away, he's going to take two shots. He's going to take his multi-action penalty, and finally getting to use his own, uh, JA9, instead of having somebody else fire it at him. And he, let here, yeah. Shooting his D10. Wild die. First shot. Six blows up. That is an eight. And it's a shot with a raise. 5d6 damage against the first one of these Riders. With an armor piercing of... 3. All right, so let's see here. 6. Seven, 17. 23. 24. One of the Simvan Riders... Uh, Yeah, the toughness of 13. You know what? The thing that I have not been really doing is doing GM Vennius. And I'm not going to right now. Um, unless it becomes like a serious boss fight. Uh, but he immediately turns, fires. The first one hits and impacts, throwing the rider free. Uh, the creature starts rearing back. Obviously just uh, completely upset by the death of this first rider. Uh, the second shot to 9 minus 2 at the 7. Uh, it's a hit without a raid. Two, four, eight. Uh, with armor piercing, three. Let's see. That uh, brings his toughness to 10. Uh, it's not even enough to shake him. Uh, but then Yakeem turns and runs. Uh, he's going to try to lead them away from his car. So his pace is 14. Uh, he can run pretty goddamn quick. Team, let's take a look here. Now, how fast can he even outrun one of these things? A fury beetle has a movement speed of 12, and an ostrasaurus has a movement speed of 10. So, yeah, without having to sprint, he uh. Turns, moves, and begins to run, uh, raising the gun behind him, preparing to take another couple of shots. So, the 10 of diamonds for Yakeem, and the 4 of clubs. Now, do these things, I don't think they have... Now, they have alertness, which means it's hard to surprise them, psionics, but they do not have... Yep, they do not have anything that gets them additional action cards, so... Uh Yakim is up first again. Or up first first. Uh turning to shoot takes two more multi-action penalty. Well, oh, the ten blows up. Uh fifteen to hit. Alright, Eight, nine, ten, fifteen, eighteen total. Uh another one gets shot off of his mount. Uh, he's going to take his second shot. Oh, that blows up again. 15 total. So that's another hit with the, the raise. Apparently, Yakim does not like being interrupted from sleep. That's uh, a 6th. Six, 10. 16. 20. 23. Uh, as the J9 begins to cycle a couple of times, the... uh with absolutely no recoil of course his laser weapons do not need it uh, clicks and he watches one of them get thrown backwards a dime sized hole burning directly through his chest another shot and he catches it in the throat it's just, it almost seems like blood begins to boil over, bubbling out uh, with no bullet wound and no impact as the uh, the sim van just falls over and dies he's going to continue running now Getting him 28 away from them. The Simvan immediately, of course, are going to turn and chase. Uh, three riderless creatures are going to freak out. Uh, they have a d10 running die. So one gets 11, another one gets 14. And the last one, yeah, well, uh, for the Simban who are actually mounted, of course. Uh, 19, that one actually gets pretty close. That one gets even closer with 10. 17. Uh, with the greater discipline, the Simban riders begin to charge after almost the excitement of blood in the air, the chance of something to eat and a worthwhile prey. One that is up on the, uh, he has fleet-footed, but he does not have any other special abilities. So eight, uh, moves up 18, uh, and begins to bark some orders. Uh, Two of them pull out what look like they're very basic laser rifles, nothing quite as uh, flashy as a king, but they look like they've been salvaged and used. Uh, heavy uh, pieces of cloth tied around, either as decoration, war banners, or potentially even just a way to keep the gun from falling apart. Um, but on the run, they have a shooting of D8. However, they are on an unstable platform, and I do not say anything about it's been having any abilities, so they're going to take one shot each with the negative two from being on unstable platform. Wow! One of them though hey. Oh no! Yeah, no. It's sitting about. It's not having any abilities, so they're going to take one shot each with the negative two from being on unstable platform. Wow! One of them though hey. Oh no! Yeah, no. It's six minus two—that's four. Of course, I can do math. Four D six damage. Toughness 15, 8, 9, 10, 16, 17. Uh, that is going to fake him. Remember, Piercing, Feel, D- D- 13. No, that's going to wound him, but I'm going to spend a Benny to see if I can soak that wolf on. Let's see. Instead of Vigor of a D8. Yeah, two fives. He succeeds in uh, turning just in time. The laser begins to etch a small line just underneath his ribcage as so he realizes that he's trying to go center mass. Uh, but the the bulky armor for anybody else uh, is like a second skin for him. So Keem turns back around. He sees that two of them are much closer. Uh, I and mean, suddenly he hears... Actually, I'm going to give him a three notice roll. All three notice rolls... Yeah, and Keem notices it as he pulls a nine. Um, and even with the plus two from their alert feet, or their alert um edge? The Sinvan don't notice. Their stealthy shadow begins to creep up behind. Keem doesn't quite make out what's going on, but he can see that they are whatever this form is trying to do. They are coming up pretty quickly and they seem to be targeting directly after the Simban. So, I'm going to deal this new potential agent in. Kim gets a 2, which upgrades to a 5, which upgrades to 3, which upgrades to a 5, which upgrades to an 8. Simban, draw a 2, and new person gets the 9. The new person gets to go first. She sprints forward... um, she reaches one hand up and seems to pull some of these heavy dreads backwards. Uh, Kim catches like a glint of light across her face, sees it intense as she leaps straight up onto the back of one of these 10-foot tall creatures. Uh, she pulls in mid-flight the hilt of a... Well, it just looks like a hilt at first. And then suddenly, she and the sim van in front of her ignite in fiery light these pure flames begin to lick out from the still. Uh, she is going to... She has quick gun not. Um... Yeah, she does not otherwise have... Doesn't have friends. She's to get wanted. Not. Multi-action tunnel to it, though. It's going to take two. Yep, yep. That for... For really awesome sword... Come on, come on, come on, One day I'm going to have great ideas and be prepared for them. Okay. So. She pulls, draws this thing, a strength of the twelve. And as she does, her fighting is d10. Not a wild card, but she's still... Uh, that is 9. Multi-action penalty, it's uh, minus 2, so that's 7. It's still a hit. Uh, creature to parry here. This is 6, yeah. She uh, slams into his back with this thing. With a 10, 12... That 16 total, Uh, she carves into the sky. The flames seem to lick up and burn away some of his flesh, just begins to scream before he slumps over, and the flames just begin to uh, almost melt the wound. Suddenly, the light illuminates the back of this uh, shining carapace, and then the burning burning Sinvan right in front of her uh, just begins to screech, gathering all the attention and freaking out the creature underneath. She then turns, she turns the handle off, spins it around, and drives straight down into the back of this creature. Given the size difference. She looks a plus one on the attack, so it's only a negative one on the roll. But uh, even as she slams down, uh, the creature is now skittering and she has to full typey to keep on. And all Yakim hears is laughter coming from. Her. <laughs> yeah. Uh Yakeem takes this opportunity, he turns uh, fires at two of the remaining creatures. Uh, that is reduced down. It's not hit with the race. Shouldn't hit. 5, 10, 16, 22, 28. Uh, another one suddenly gets vaporized. Uh, the heavy impact, or the laser itself, carving straight through, uh, leaving another gouge, and he just slumps off. With his second shot... Uh, he does not hit. That's a five minus two. Um, but taking the opportunity, he turns and continues running to try to keep pace away from them. Uh, the last of them, I'm actually going to give them a spirit roll. Uh, as suddenly, the ambush would probably freak him out a little bit. Spirit of a D, thick. Uh, now it's four. They keep fighting, but now they turn on this new interloper. Um... The creatures begin to spin around, one of them draws a pretty nasty looking spear and comes uh, pacing up to her on the back of one of these things. Uh, I'm gonna say unless her fighting d eight, and another one of these creatures comes around the other side to try to uh, kind of flank her on either side. The spear comes up as the mandibles come down, they give them a plus one to their fighting roll. Parry is seven. Um, even with the plus one, it's only a five, it's not enough. Um, she kind of catches the spear one-handed and deflects it aside as though it was moving just slow motion in the air. And for a second, Yakin sees this as he is running, and he begins to think, this Is another juicer? What the fuck did Julian send her? And the Fury Beetle behind her has a d8, plus one for the bonus. That's four now, and she um she kicks the mandibles aside with almost like a backward lash, like a well performed yoga pose, and the creature kind of lunges backwards, just the heavy mandibles just clicking in the air as it thought it had grasp onto something uh the rest though turn, and they're still going to try to take some pot shots at her. This is a negative cue to hit that doesn't hit, and that does hit. So, four, ten, eighteen, nineteen. Her toughness is sixteen with minus two. Uh, I'm looking at something here. No, she's not putting any of that on. So, is she, uh, Turn she spins, sees the, la- the laser blast coming towards her. She tries to dodge out of the way, and it catches her. She's shaken, um, not expecting them to actually catch her. She seems a little shocked. Go to the next round. Keem gets a six. Then Van get a five, and our new surprise friend gets a ten. She's going to start by trying to make her spirit roll, but she does. Uh, She drops the shaken and immediately goes to take out the the Simvan next to her and then turn her attentions over to the Fury Beetle trying to bite her. Uh, She gets parried aside by the spear, um, the heavy half kind of catching the outside of the handle, almost like it's trying to come for her hands. The other one, though, she goes for the creature itself, which has a parry of six. Uh, minus two for a multi-action penalty at three. She uh, seems a little shocked as suddenly it tries to clam up, and its heavy mandibles uh, catch the outside of her leg, just shaking her. And she uh, kind of comes backwards for a little bit. She now needs to make a... She did get hit. She needs to make a spirit roll. which she succeed? Okay. Now we go over to Yakeem, who is still fighting. Um, I'm going to ask a fake question for Yakeem here. Seeing that somebody has at least come to his side of the fight, is he willing or is he going to stop and try to protect her? Is he going to take this opportunity to run? Um, I'm going to say it's likely given... Actually, I'm going to say it's very likely. Given the fact that we know that our boy Yakeem here does not hurt any prisoners... He doesn't, uh, well, he doesn't take much shit. He also does not seem to, or he has at least a sense of honor. There it is. Okay. So we're going to say it's very likely, which is a 90 or below. All right. Uh, now he, he rolled a 95. So is he, Turns he's still going to take two pot shots, thinking, "Well, maybe I can at least help him get away." But I'm not fight. I'm not fighting this fight. I've already had enough. Take it two shots. Six up, twelve. Whew. All right, so fourteen total. To hit with the raid. This uh, first shot goes at kind of the lead, or actually it's the one closest to him. Ah oh, shit! And twelve. 18, 22, 23. Okay, that's not as much shit as I thought. Uh, He shoots another one, and then he's going to go for one of these creatures. He recognizes the danger of having one of them get too close. He's seeing how they're fighting. Uh, That is an 8 minus 2. It's a 6, so it's a pick without a raise. Um, Oh, but I need to check something here. Fury Beetle has mega damage on it, which means that the shot, even with the high roll of damage, uh, it seems to almost get absorbed by the dark black uh, chitinous, not even chitinous, just the dark black shell, the exoskeleton on this creature, uh, and deflects away harmlessly. He thinks about it for a second. He's, Fuck. Of course. Uh, and he seems to, he's not going to turn and run this time. He instead turns and finds a place to kind of settle in uh, and seems to turn a dial on his uh, on his rifle. We go over to the last two. Let's see. These two keep running towards Hakeem. Then this one turns, fires at the interlooper, interloper. Ah, three's not enough to hit. And then the other one's going to try to catch her with a spear. Boom. Not that the fighting the D D8? Not enough. Uh, she casually deflected aside, not even thinking about it. Fury Beetle? Get the zero. Uh, she seems to be able to hold him off pretty handily here. Uh, though she's still a little concerned about that shot that came across and knocked her loose. Yakeem gets the Joker. Simvan friends get the two. And our new friend gets an eight, so... Yeah, so Akeem... Akeem's going to go on hold. He is going to watch for a second. Gets to interrupt as he is the Joker. He gets a plus two, and of course he gets... A Benny. Good job, Akeem. Uh, Our new friend here spins around again. Uh, She is going to try to... Catch the spear-wielding maniac. Um, But she is going to actually intentionally use... One of her abilities, um, she seems to grimace a little bit. Uh, there is a glint that comes across her eyes, and she seems to start losing any composure she has. She bares her teeth. She begins to screech in a high-pitched noise. And she... Let's see... She pulls right. And as she uh, kind of turns, her hair flips out of the way, and with the light of her sword, he first begins to make out. It's juice She's fucking crazy. But underneath her hair, these heavy, dark um, braids, these dreads that. Seem to almost part of their own from left to right, just along the ridge line and just underneath her heavy amounts of hair. She has these. They look like metal pylons. They come up maybe an inch from her scalp. Uh, they go in a straight row back from almost like her third eye all the way down to the beginning of her spine. Uh, there are tattoos across her face and across her shoulders. Uh, some of which just seem like mad gibberings. Others look like somebody just took a pen and scribbled. Uh, but as she begins to kind of lose control, mm, let's see. She is fearless, immune to intimidation, and her strength and agility are increased to die types. So she goes from a D10 to a D12 plus one she uh spins in place blade itself becoming an extension of her her first lash out against the creature against the simvan uh blows up <laughs> okay so it's now a 2d12 plus 1 plus a d6 i think it's fair to say he's dead uh it's 15 20 23 uh she lashes straight out. Uh, she lets go with her right hand, her left hand carrying it through like a batter swing. And as the sword, the flaming blade connects, it cars just a pure callous line across his chest. And as he tries to reach up to grip it, his hand gets caught in the, um, the line of the blade in the flesh part. Uh, and suddenly half of his hand comes off as he slumps off backwards off of his beetle. Uh, she turns, and with a continuous fluid motion, she pivots, spins. Uh, that's a five to hit, so no raise, but it's still 2d12 plus one. She rolled double ones on the damage. How in the fuck? Okay. Yeah, no, there's nothing she could do about that. She tries to drive it straight down... Um I do think it counts. Let's see, on a d6, may... Nah. The flames begin to lick across the carapace. Uh, this blade seems like it can easily start carving through, and even some of the... Uh, even the close proximity, she strikes straight down, trying to carve through this heavy armor. The creature itself begins to shriek and run away, as all any creature would, from fire. Uh, seeing this is when Yukim is going to take his turn... He is going to charge up using three shot uh, and take his heavy beam fire, which allows it to do mega damage. So he get make sure that I read and how heavy shot works. E- I thought it was on the first page. <laughs> Heavy Beam. Uh, he uses three shots. That's four to the damage roll. Apply Snapfire and Mega Damage. Okay. But we have plus four to the damage roll. It's a normal shot. Uh, he's only going to take one shot. He's going to aim at the rushing at him Fury Beetle. Uh, shooting is, of course, E10. Wild die. Uh, That's nine. Hit with the Rays. This is 5d6 plus 4. Let's see. That's 10, 12. 16, 20 damage total with armor piercing. Of. 3 versus... Toughness of 27. Uh, I'm going to say 24. That is just enough to shake the creature. Uh, it stops in its tracks. It's the first shot. Uh, that actually hurts it. Impacts. Uh, it hits just along the jawline. It begins to burn like a quick. You know. Size. Size hole into it. The creature shakes it. As it continues moving forward. Um, but the others kind of ignore this keep running forward and since he had stopped one gets a lot closer that one actually meets him Uh, he watches this creature comes running up to him uh, getting within melee range Uh, quickly draws his fibro short sword see here they're fighting for these creatures frenzy actually means they can take two attacks I've made some mistakes there but we'll just chalk it up to learning uh, so it takes two attacks on its attack roll. Ooh, shit. One blows up. That's a 15. That'll definitely hit. Strength plus 2d8 mega damage and an arm piercing of 10. This is not good. So this is 2d8 plus a d12. So it's 11, 22... Four. That is not good. Not good, Yakim. Okay, so that is. I put stuff instead of a 10. And I say it was a 24. Yeah, so. But. Re raises. Spend a Benny. It's plus two on this. And he has to make re raises with a. E8. It's 1. He would reduce it by 2. I'm going to spend the other Benny. He can't take this kind of damage. Okay. It's 11. Oh, it's going to take one wound from this. All right. No longer on hold. So here, i to pause for just one second. Alright. Hello, friends of Yakeem. So you'll notice that this episode is interrupted. I was mid-session and had to take a break, and when I came back, I tried to resume right where I was with the music, and in the process, I stopped the podcast recording instead of resuming. This episode is Lost to the Podcasting Megaverse. I have to imagine there's a universe where I actually did hit record instead. Until I find it, I'm afraid you'll have to be satisfied with an abbreviated retelling. And now I could try to like fake recreate it, like throwing dice in front of a microphone to make it sound like I'm rolling for these things. That's inauthentic. And if there's one thing that this particular podcast is known for, it's bad editing. And I try to keep it. Uh, as real as I can So instead I have written down what I Pretty much remember From the session that no one Will ever believe uh, And I will try to do this as a Retelling so that way you Can know exactly where we are When I pick up the next session So uh, Where we had left off at the Midway point of the episode uh, Yaakim Yakim begins a skirmish with the uh, Simvan Raiders. And uh, as he spins around, he notices that a new player steps out of the shadows. It's difficult for him to see her at first, uh, and in an effort to draw more attention until he gets the idea of what her intentions are, he stops and starts laying down some heavy fire. His major defense against the heavily armored uh, Fury Beetles is using a heavy beam shot from his juicer rifle. He starts alternating shots between the riders and the mounts. Uh, And as he gets this opportunity, Akeem is shocked as the newcomer leaps straight up onto the back of one of the beetles. And these things are 10 feet tall and immediately assaults a rider, striking him down with a single powerful swing with a bright flaming sword. He he watches her as she begins to fight and he starts thinking at first. uh, He sees her heavy dreadlocks and dark skin and uh, there's the excitement that's beautifully visible on her face as she becomes kind of a single origin of light out here in the early morning light. She fights with blurred speed and strength, and Yakeem begins to assume that this is a fellow juicer that had come to his aid. Maybe Julian had sent her. Until, in the orange glow of the flaming sword, he spots a series of one-inch steel pillars that start on her forehead and continues all the way back her skull. Down her head, it ends just above her spine. Yakim knows exactly what she is. She is one of the incredibly feared crazies. As the juicer augmentation is all about tapping into the strength of the body through drugs and hormones, the Mind Over Matter program, or MOM, was designed to tap into the unused portions of the human brain. A series of implants into the skull and gray matter reprogrammed the mind, unlocking physical prowess nearly on par with the juicers and abilities well beyond any training. In addition, it unlocks latent psychic abilities and all without reducing the recipient's lifespan, but the cost is the regression and eventual complete degradation of sanity. Yakim starts to draw some of the riderless beasts away from the crazy as she starts to become overwhelmed. A lucky strike by a beetle throws her to the ground after taking two of the last three sim vans out, but the leader takes advantage of the hit. Assuming she is dying, he leaps down, probing her with his black spear. She takes the opportunity to play possum before hurling him over 30 feet away with a telekinetic shove. His body is broken by the impact, and the beasts lose all control. The fury beetles turn, flee into the early morning, but the lone, lonely Osterosaurus leaps into an act of vengeance. It takes two very powerful strikes, and the crazy is cut down, her left arm severed from her form. Yakim takes one last shot, manages to destroy the beast, but is worried it's too late. Given his hindrance of code of honor, Yakim gathers her up, including her severed arm, and puts her in the back of his car. Trying to find the next village to get some help, he is stunned as she regains consciousness, and he hears her voice for the first time, And who are you, that rude boy? She immediately goes into his med pack and begins to stitch her arm back on by herself as her regeneration begins to kick in allowing her to save the limb entirely. Yakeem is stunned and more than a little put off balance by her verbal, though surprisingly friendly assault. Introducing herself as Tawny and recognizing him as a juicer, she seems to enjoy keeping him guessing if she's going to lose her mind and kill him. Her mental health is brought into the forefront when he asks why she was out here and why she was trying to protect him. I wasn't protecting you, rude boy. You interrupted me as I was hunting dem Simvan. Me tribe and dem have been fe- uh, feuding for a while now. You can't tell when you've been talking to a Stalker now, love. Yakeem stammers. He knows what a stalker is. They are a new race of albino human mutants who evolved as a response to the now intense magic uh, or suffusing the world. stalkers are notoriously bald, nearly pure white skin, and live off of magical energy instead of food. Tawny has none of these things. Realizing that he was both exhausted from the fight and from losing sleep, Yakim asks if they could pull over so he could get an hour of sleep. Tawny seems amused, but otherwise amenable. Yakim's dreams come in a sudden flashback. In the threshing grounds of the Juicer uprising in Newtown, Yakim finds himself badly wounded. Exposed in the middle of the battlefield and bleeding, Yakim begins to picture his family. He knew and loved his very honorable parents and as the man was sure he was dying, the little boy inside reached out for his parents and his siblings. He cried as his father's hand grabbed his shoulder. Son, I am proud of you. You should always know that. Dad, I'm scared. Julian's heavy hand comes into view. Son, I ain't your daddy, but we're going to get you out of here, all right? Akeem comes to as the biocomp wakes him. Tawny, he finds, is busy stabbing his car seat with a survival knife, just waiting for him to wake up. As they hit the road, Tawny begins to ask where he's going and if she can join when there's a pale blue light that begins to fill the car. It radiates from the ground and extends well over 200 feet above their heads. They both know exactly what it is. And as Tawny immediately begins to experience pounding headaches, they realize that a ley line has drifted. It's wild like gauze, like the aurora borealis, but radiating from the earth, over the road, a quarter of a mile wide and ten miles long. The reason for their panic is obvious, as the ley line is suffering from a full ley line storm. A heavy black cloud slams into them, pelting the car with sheets of rain, peals of thunder, and hail the size of baseballs that contain wiggling worms buried inside each one. These hailstones begin to sizzle and pop from the exposure to the warm air, uh, and they begin to quickly try to empty out the car until Tawny fights as suddenly her powers become uncontrollable, randomly firing into the car and anything she touches. She passes out from pain and exhaustion as Yakeem fights to keep the car from becoming swamped. He finally manages to get them out of the ley line after some very powerful driving. He stops to let Tawny rest and successfully repairs some of the damage to his car. And Yakeem wonders what could possibly come next. And so do we, because next time I am fully, fully, fully intending to make sure that the little red light is on when I want to record an episode. But this is just another lesson, uh, a good indicator that sometimes even the best intentions lead to some weird mistakes. Uh, I'm sorry that you guys missed it. Um, It was definitely, in my mind, it was an interesting story. Uh, Everything that I just told you from the um, write-up there was as best as I can recall it. There were some times where I had to go to different tables. There was times where I had to roll and things sounded interesting and then changed my mind halfway through. But much in the vein of the majority of these games, you know, it's what comes up. And so uh, with that, this is going to be an abbreviated episode. I apologize, but hopefully we will get better at it the next time.